Ellis, Bush to Cleveland. Cleveland with the kill, and that will wrap it up. Number three, Ohio State, reeling the block party on their feet. Trammell and Shin once more. Set point for Purdue. New and able to keep it up. Here's Ellis trying to end it. And she does. Purdue upsets Wisconsin at home. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Pond alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Coach 2-0 on the weekend on that uh, on that never quite as easy as you want it to be. East Coast swing through Maryland and Rutgers. Let's go ahead and go through those matches real uh, real quick before we get to the, the the other business at hand this week. Well, thanks, Corey. It's nice to be here again. And uh, thanks to our listeners for, for tuning in and their support for our our program. Yeah, the, the trip to Maryland and, and Rutgers, uh, sometimes to the novice uh, college fan, seems like it's going to be a walk in the park, and it never is. I mean, absolutely never is, uh, especially now that the Big Ten continues to evolve and all the great players in the country seem to be interested in coming to play in the Big Ten. Uh, Maryland played at a, a really high level against us. They've done that several times this year at home. They beat Wisconsin. Uh, they were up 2-0 on Penn State uh, at their gym, and you know they, they pulled a similar trick against us. But they, they were a good team with a couple of great outside hitters, a sophomore setter who's a terrific player. Her dad was a, is a friend of mine that played at Ball State University. Um, but we were in a position um, to where it looked like it was going to go to a fifth set. And we stormed back from being down 23 to 18, I think, to win that match 27-25, that set 27-25, and win it in four, and just see how fast we could, could get out of the Infinity Center out there. <laughs> but uh, then we have a day off um, when we got a chance to watch Boilermaker football, and that was, that was fun, and celebrate that. And then um, next day we're playing Rutgers at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And this was a totally different Rutgers team than the one we saw here. I know our fans are thinking, how could Rutgers take a set from you guys, from the team they saw here in Holloway Gym? Well, same players, different team. And they, they played very, very well against us and were serving aspirin tablets across the net and had some hitters just play at an extremely high level. And, and again, we started out passing the ball poorly. But after that, it was Purdue volleyball. It was just hard to win. And the last three sets, you know, we won 25-12, 25-20, 25-20, but it didn't seem like it was that easy. It seemed like it was a real struggle. And sometimes that's just, as a coach, the mindset you put yourself into going into those affairs. And you, you have to do a better job of staying positive because you realize your team is going to feed off of, you know, your mentality as well as anything else. And my whole thought process was, i got to get these guys ready to play. I've got to get these guys ready to play. And sometimes when you do that, you may go over the top a little bit. But nonetheless, uh, two wins for us, and we come back now, and we have two major confrontations uh, on the road against most likely the two best teams in the Big Ten uh, right now in Wisconsin, who's ranked, I think, third or fourth uh, in the country, uh, maybe fourth this week, and uh, Minnesota, who jumped from – I think they're eighth, and they were maybe, I don't know, 12th, but they made a nice jump. They've won four matches against top 25 teams in the last two and a half weeks. So they're playing at a high level. But that's that's our opponents this week, and it's it's a great opportunity. I mean, this is why we, you know, we coach at Purdue. This is why our players come to Purdue, the opportunity to do something really special. And with a couple of wins this weekend, all of a sudden, bam, we are right in it uh, for a Big Ten uh, title run. Uh, if, if we don't win these two, then 
we're not going to be in, in the hunt for a Big Ten title. Absolutely. Sitting at 10-4 in the conference, uh, currently tied for fourth with Penn State. Uh, but like you said, just a game back in Nebraska, Minnesota, two games behind Wisconsin, but with, yeah. with one against all three of those teams ahead of you. Uh, still are still on the dock. To go, yeah, yeah, still on the dock. You've got uh, definitely. Uh, That's the good and the bad news. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that cuts both ways, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. You talked a little bit earlier this week about the role Emma Ellis has played the last couple weeks, really. But she she was on fire at Maryland, and then had another great night uh, at Rutgers. Just uh, if you want to talk about that junior and, and what she has meant, what her emergence has, has meant the last the last month. Well, she's made us a better team. Um, everybody knew that that was kind of a uh, an area that we were rotating players around, and um, it really wasn't allowing anybody to have continued success, it didn't seem like. If somebody would come in and play really well on one night, we're talking about Emma Ellis, Maddie Chin, Maddie Cook, three players that have been phenomenal teammates. Uh, during their time here, just have really worked hard every day in practice. Uh, their teammates love them and, and understand them, and, and it's been fun watching them evolve because they continue to get better and better. Mm -hmm. The competition has helped that. You know, that competition for that spot has kept them hungry and, 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 and driving for, for more success. But I felt like we, our, our staff felt like we got to get one person in that position because that will, I think, will just help confidence and help chemistry of the team. But we couldn't make it happen until here as of late when uh, against Northwestern we started um, Emma and she had a good match against Northwestern. Then she really was good against uh, Wisconsin and then carried us to a win against Maryland and uh, played very well again uh, at Rutgers. And so it's all about belief. And, you know, it's hard to describe that to fans if, if they haven't experienced firsthand. But to see her play now versus where she was, you know, two months ago, are two different things and I'm sure she would say well I you know I was back and forth in the lineup all the time how, how am I supposed to get confident well sometimes you have to go out and earn something uh -huh. to be honest you have to earn it and nothing is given in the Big Ten uh, there's not positions being given out here and uh, and at this point in time she's earned that I have great respect for the two that are knocking on the door behind her and feel confident if we need to go um, a different direction at some point in time that they'll be ready that's the thing about depth is uh, not only it, it presents a unique set of challenges, but, but also you need to, at some point, you have to be able to rely on that. Like you said, you're going to call number five or number 16 off the bench at some point, too, mm -hmm. and, and they're going to be ready as well. That's yeah. the hope. And, and what they do in practice every day, you know, we, we don't just put our first unit on one side and the other players sure. on the other side. We're always rotating two left sides in all of the, the team drills we're doing on that first side. So they're, they're getting plenty of opportunities to hit off of Haley Bush yeah. and be on that floor with all of those players. So it's not like a shock when they get tossed into that side. They've been playing with them all week. Yeah. And uh, they may not feel like it because, you know, sometimes when you're not where you want to be, things amplify a little bit in the wrong direction. But they're getting a lot of time on, on that side of the floor in practice. And, and quite frankly, they've all gotten a lot of swings uh, during – regular competition as well. So I, I'm confident that, we, that that situation continues to get better. But we have become a better team when Emma Ellis is averaging three kills a game, which is what she's been doing over the last couple of weeks. At Wisconsin, at Minnesota this week, uh, you've seen the Badgers already. Saw them a couple of weeks ago back on Halloween. Big win for the Boilermakers here on Beeland Court. 
Have not seen the Gophers yet. This no. is the the single play against Minnesota. Um, is it good? Is it bad? Does it matter that uh, that you beat Wisconsin the first time around? I mean, obviously, it's good that you beat them that night. Oh, I think emotionally, um, really for both teams. One for Wisconsin, they're angry. Um, they're going to play with tremendous purpose. They're not uh, used to getting beat by anybody, and uh, and they've had our number for a while, but. I think that they'll be motivated for sure. Um, for our team, it, it, it's proof to the pudding that you, you play well, you put a good team on the floor, you got a chance to beat anybody in our league. And if you know, you look at what we've done this year. You know, you've beaten Ohio State, you've beaten Illinois, you've beaten Penn State, you've beaten did I say Ohio State? Yeah. And you've beaten Wisconsin. You've beaten you know five teams ranked the top twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, not to mention Washington State, who's also in the top 25, and Tennessee, who's in the top 25. So there's seven teams. And so our, our teams should start at this point in time understand that we're pretty good. Right. And when you take away the three losses, um, one at Ohio State, uh, Nebraska, and uh, I don't know who I'm forgetting there. Oh, Michigan State, Michigan State. we stubbed our toe yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, no, no J.L. Johnson. Yeah. And, and two of those, no Mo Horning, and then a, a, a fairly – 80 percent more horning than the other one. So, uh, I think our team should understand that. Hey, when we have our entire lineup together, you know, we got a chance to beat anybody, and uh, we have maturity and we have toughness and and, and great leadership. So, uh, I think this is a a rare opportunity where a team in the Big Ten can look forward uh, to going on the road up north and, and playing two well coached, highly talented teams in their gym and feel like, hey, we got a chance to win this match. Two great environments as well. I know expecting big, big crowds in Madison and Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's nothing to you play in front of the, the best fans in in college volleyball. Yeah, every, and, I, and, week. and I think our players love that. Um, why would you want to go play in front of nobody? We just you know we just did that at Rutgers. Uh, it wasn't a lot of fun. No. Trust me, I wasn't having fun. Um, so when when you get a chance to play at uh, places that are you know, be 7,000 plus at Wisconsin and 5,000 plus at Minnesota in really nice venues with history um, and great opponents uh, and true fans, people that really love the sport, that you have to embrace that. Friday night on Big Ten Plus against the, the Badgers, uh, 8 o'clock start there. Sunday afternoon, 4.30 start, that's Eastern start, uh, on the Big Ten Network in Minneapolis, so so uh, on TV again. We're going to turn our attention now, Coach, to uh, to signing day. I know it's that uh, that annual time of year where uh, you welcome a, a few new members into the family. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's the class of 2021 look like? Brielle Warren, uh, a six-foot, one-and-a-half-inch outside hitter from Houston, Texas. Um, really good athlete. Um was the MVP of the Junior Olympics her uh, freshman year in high school as a 15 and under, has played on uh, a really good club all this time. It's gotten great training. Uh, she's just a terrific human being, a great jumper. Uh, her dad is Ty Warren. Football fans may recognize that name as being on the all-decade team for the uh, Patriots from, I think, I think it was the decade of 2000 to 2010, but I, I could be off on that, and hopefully I won't embarrass myself. That but sounds correct. He was a teammate with Roosevelt Colvin, so Rosie and uh, Ty were on the same team, and thus the connection that we had uh, to help bring um, Brielle on our campus and get familiar with our program and an amazing family and an amazing individual, uh, and we're just thrilled to have her. And and I, I think she's a top 35 kid in the country right now, but she will 
that stock will rise mm-hmm. uh, because of the how coachable she is and, and what a disciplined individual and how hard she's going to be willing to work to become great. That's just the family dynamic. So we're really excited. Her team right now, high school team, is advancing into the, I, I think, the, maybe the final four in the state tournament in Houston, I mean, in, in, in Texas. And uh, it's, she's not a stranger to that. They played deep into it. I think they may have either won or got beaten in the finals last year. But she's somebody our fans will absolutely love, absolutely. And uh, as good of a kid as an individual as I've ever recruited, just top of the line. Uh, and then out of uh, Pennsylvania, we have Elizabeth, call her Lizzie, Carr, C-A-R-R. And uh, Lizzie is about six foot six. I think that her and Sheridan Atkinson will probably share the, the, the height award for any player that I've coached here at Purdue, and uh, Lizzie is uh, another really good athlete. I, I, it was one of those deals, Corey, where during the COVID, you weren't allowed to go out and watch kids play. Right. Um, NCAA, you know, had that hiatus for about 18 months. And so I got this, soon after that happened, I got this videotape from Lizzie uh, of herself playing. I'm thinking, man, this kid's pretty good. We hadn't heard, hadn't heard of her, didn't know anything about her. Wow. Okay. And usually the people you get videos from, and they're emailing you, they normally can't play in the Big Ten. Yeah, you got to go sure. out and work to find those. <laughs> but here was a kid that had gotten a lot of offers from some some low Power Five level teams, but a lot of mid majors, and she was still hoping to play at a you know at a Big Ten level. And so I looked at that and I thought, this kid looks good. Hmm. And you know, you don't always have that expression when you watch a kid that that sends you a tape. I said, this kid looks really good, really interesting. So I passed it on to John. John thought the same thing, and then I passed it on to another brother I got. And uh, he was also thoroughly impressed. So I figured if he got the trifecta going, the yeah. Shondell trifecta, we need to move on it. So the interesting thing was we offered her and got the commitment from her without ever watching her play live. Huh. Uh, and so when I went to the AAUs last year, they finally let the dogs out. And we went, I went down to the AAUs for the first time to see her play. I was so relieved when I watched her and saw that she could play. It wasn't that she's really good. No, YouTube no, it wasn't. They weren't putting some some kind of sneaky video together where they were. Yeah, but uh, and she she is another confident, outgoing, smart, uh, uh, great teammate that just loves the game. And you know she she found a way to come visit on her own. We couldn't have any visits, so without me even knowing it, her mom and dad get her in a vehicle. They drive all the way from Pennsylvania, from Philadelphia, and uh, get on our campus. And that was before, before I offered her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, the kids that want to play at Purdue normally do better than those kids that want to be recruited by fifteen other schools. Yeah. You know, she wanted to be here, and that encouraged me. Uh, you know, to make that offer to her. And I'm really happy we did because I think she's still growing. And she's a, just a tremendous-looking athlete that I think is going to be a, a big-timer here when we get here. So we only have two players that are, are signing letter of intents um, today. And, um, you know, we certainly look forward to them arriving. They'll, they'll get here in uh, uh, June, I think. Yeah, June, late June is when they'll get here for, and they'll take that summer school session, actually early June, and they'll have summer school in June and also July and be able to be here part of our strength training and, and open gym program. But I will get a chance to watch them play club volleyball here uh, this winter and spring. Awesome. Brielle Warren and Lizzie Carr, 
Welcome to the Boilermaker family. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to see you in person. The rest of us get to see you in person, not just not just the coaches. Uh, coach, anything else you want to want to touch on? No, we look forward to getting back home. Yeah. Um, yeah following the week, last four at home. Um, no more Wednesday matches for us, which which is nice. It gives us a whole week to train, mm -hmm. and we like to do that because we feel like that's. Um, something that makes us a lot better when we have the whole week and we're not chopping it up and worrying about saving everybody's legs on Tuesday to play Wednesday and on Friday to play Saturday or whenever it might be. So, um, but we come back, our home stretch will be uh, a match Friday when we get back against Michigan, who is playing really, really well right now. Uh, they were around the out, outskirts of a top 25 this week. Uh, then we go to Northwestern for a Sunday and then we finish up with a Friday, Saturday. Uh, matchup with the Indiana Hoosiers, which will be senior uh, night or senior day, I think senior night. Senior night yep. And then we have the Nebraska Cornhuskers coming in here for the final match of the season on that Saturday. So a lot of really good teams, a lot of emotional matchups for us. So uh, I think our fans will be entertained down the stretch. Excellent. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to see you back at home after a couple of long weeks of not getting to see the Boilermakers in person. It's, it's always nice to be in Holloway Gym. Yes. Thanks, Corey. Bye-bye.